friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at cuinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. There are so, so many of them. And together, we get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and chat about all the best practices that exist so that we can learn from one another and improve our industry. My guest on today's show is Mike Ryder, the Executive Director at the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions. Mike, I'm so excited to have you back here. You were on the show back in March 2022, so it's been over a year. I'm really excited to catch up with you today. Great to uh, to talk to you, Lauren. Thanks again for the partnership with CU Insight, and always a pleasure to to be able to speak uh, to the CU Insight community. Well, we love the work that you all do at the Worldwide Foundation, and we are so lucky to partner with you. I'm curious, in the about 18 months or so since our last podcast, how would you say that the environment for credit unions has really evolved? Well, the environment, you know, the community itself has grown fairly significantly in the last year. You know, the World Council, we partnered with the World Council at the Worldwide Foundation, and they put out an annual statistical report, and the, the 2022 report will be coming out here fairly shortly. It's basically a, an opportunity to gather data from all the different credit union systems around the world. And... We've seen a, a 5% increase in membership and a 9% increase in assets you know, year over year. And so we're hoping that when we gather the data and release the 2022 statistical report, that the numbers will be even higher across those key metrics. So just from a growth perspective, the global movement has continued to grow in so many significant regions and areas. I just think the collaboration is tighter, to be very honest. We just got off the World Credit Union Conference. In my view, you know, being with the World Council and the Foundation for the last six years, you know, the Vancouver Conference was so inspirational, so value-oriented in terms of the, the the richness of the keynote messages, the richness of the breakout sessions, even the, the evening activities and network receptions. So many new people that I had never had the privilege to touch base with before. And so just to be able to continue to weave that spirit of concern for community and people helping people is one of the big reasons why the World Credit Union Conference is so, so special. And then I just say, would say second a second answer to your question, you know, the, the level of support even if it's not direct fundraising, it's just reposting messages and, and, and sharing peer messages from across the system to articulate a level of support, you know, with respect to the recent fires in, in, in Maui and in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You know, just the fact that we, you know, we just it's just automatic. We want to repost and reshare the great work that the Hawaiian Credit Union League and the Hawaiian Credit Union system is doing to support member communities in Maui and then obviously supporting our peers across the aisle at the National Credit Union Foundation and supporting their CU aid efforts. Well, there have been so many uh, really tragic things that have happened that CUA has been able to respond to and, and that the Worldwide Foundation has been able to respond to. As you've been kind of thinking about where credit unions have been going over the last 18 months and the way that the world is changing around us, how would you say all of these changes have really impacted your interactions with credit unions? Yeah, the conversations that I'm having with our credit union champions, you know, they're hungry for continued connection. And I guess what I mean by that specifically is they're they're wanting to continue to engage. And 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 engagement can mean something different to each of each and every one of us as individuals and also as credit unions as institutions. And so I'm just I'm hearing a re- request and a yearning for more connectivity, both to support again firsthand has really been inspiring for me professionally and personally and for our foundation team. Again, across a lot of those themes of crisis response, first responder response, continuing to play a role in building credit union resiliency and strengthening. And, you know, on a personal level, every conversation I have with a new credit union champion gives me more insight on 
the, the, the key global challenges, shared challenges that we're all facing. And it, it helps me kind of give perspective in the hecticness of my own personal life as I continue to you know, probably lead the Worldwide Foundation. I love the way that you describe that work. And I know a lot of the partnership and support that the Worldwide Foundation provides is really in helping credit unions around the world. And I think a lot of times in the US, we have a very sort of national focus, but it's so critical to have that global focus. So the Worldwide Foundation really helping credit unions around the world develop and sustain that resiliency in the face of so many global issues. You talked about uh, the, the fires in Maui. Can you share some other examples too of what it looks like when the Worldwide Foundation is partnering with those credit unions? Yeah, absolutely. When we when we first catch word, you know, from the World Council member community that a crisis has has occurred, we roll out our Project Stormbreak playbook. Project Stormbreak is basically the global mirror of the CU aid at a national level here in the United States. So it's our global credit union response initiative and, and fund. And so we roll out a playbook that helps to quickly galvanize resources and awareness of the crisis and how credit unions as institutions and their member communities are being impacted. Uh, and the most recent and obviously ongoing crisis that we've continued to be proud to help play a role in helping mitigate is in Ukraine. And so our, our the, over the last 18 months, our Ukrainian credit union displacement fund has raised a little over $1.8 million to help 90 credit unions across Ukraine, their members with, a mix of humanitarian aid, power, power generators, or food security, to name a few. I would say, by and large, the, the bulk of our grant programs that we've um, issued to Ukraine's credit unions have been with respect to institutional strengthening and resiliency. It's really our, our niche and our focus is really to keep credit unions' doors open and operating, because if they're able to do that throughout the crisis, they're the ones that can then work with local local partners to help distribute humanitarian aid and loan reimbursements, and a lot of other vital resources to keep members safe and secure in the days, weeks, and months after the crisis occurs. That's such good information. And, and I think for so many in, in the credit union industry in general, you know, being able to pour back into the broader credit union community across borders matters so deeply. I want to talk a little bit as well about DEI work. And I know you've said in the past that diversity in the system, diversity overall, really promotes that resiliency. And there's been a big focus on DEI in our industry over the last handful of years. How do you see these two concepts, diversity and resiliency, really interacting together? At a, at a local level, at a national level, at a global level, we, we continue to need to talk about creating seats at the table. And, and heck, I think even creating... You know, breaking the table apart and having new tables created just just to ensure that everyone's voices, perspectives, backgrounds, and experiences are being represented and being heard and being being learned from. And you know, with internally at the Worldwide Foundation, we continue to um, intentionally seek to weave greater diversity of thought, of background, of leadership, of voice into the foundation's board and staff team. Proud to have continued to hire individuals from a lot of different diverse perspectives. We have seven of the nine colleagues that make up the, the Worldwide Foundation team are um, identify as women. And that's something that we're extremely proud of in terms of continuing to diversify um, our staff team and our leadership team at the foundation board. And I think, you know, our system wouldn't be as strong or innovative without these diverse perspectives leading the way. I think we have a unique position in the, in the movement where we, we are a global connector, a unifier. Uh, we like to use, I guess, the, the best analogy of we're a bridge builder. 
that allows us to continue to tap into these different perspectives, networks, and voices to really help us guide where we're going strategically, but also to recommend specific challenges or themes that we think resonate with with everyone within the credit union system. And some of those are, you know, digitization, the continued digitization of credit union services and, and being able to provide digitization to credit union members who find it very challenging to be able to access those services uh, remotely. We talk about climate finance and the climate crisis. There's still a lot of work to be done to come together as a movement to galvanize best-in-class solutions to help credit unions mitigate climate risk and climate challenges. And then I think finally, you know, back to your point about resiliency of credit unions and other communities, you know, credit unions to be able to stay sustainable and, and continue to support their communities, they have to continue to stay resilient and strong. And I think a lot of our networks, our global women's leadership network, our YPUP network, our, the, a little bit of a, a more new initiative, the DE global community designation that we've helped to facilitate. Those are all, ways that we can tap into a rich resource of networks of people of diverse diverse perspectives to continue to help bring you know bright minds together to solve some of these pressing global challenges that we all share. I love the the concept and the thought leadership that that you're really promoting there when talking about the ways that diversity, you know, obviously we know it's good and necessary in the industry, but also what it can really offer to make us all stronger. And I know you mentioned a little bit about this already, but are there any ways that you say would really stand out when you think about how the Worldwide Foundation kind of walked the walk in diversity? Yeah, we just continue to be both internally intentional around weaving in unique perspectives and individuals in terms of thought, their thoughts, their, their perspectives, their experiences. And I think externally, each and every year, we're trying to we're trying to be better at at being intentional in terms of creating strategic partnerships with with unique and diverse credit union stakeholders. We just became an organizational ally of CU Pride, and admittedly, I wish we would have done that years ago. We are a member and a champion of the AACUC. So, and, and the reason I mentioned those two organizations is we need to continue to exponentially collaborate and, and be strategic partners of these types of system partner organizations that represent distinct voices and groups within our movement and continue to build those partnerships at a global level. I mean, that's where we sit. That's where we stand within the global credit system and our ecosystem. And that's really a strategic priority of ours to continue to grow and, and intentionally collaborate with organizations like these. Well, we know International Credit Union Day is coming up on October 19th. I'm so curious, what are you really excited for this year? Yeah, I mean, International Credit Union Day, we, we really identify it as one of the three key touch points we leverage each and every year to keep champion donor engagement high. Um, there's a lot of other things we do, but GAC, the World Credit Union Conference, and ICU Day are kind of our three milestone events and activities that we rally around. And so it's the 75th anniversary of ICU Day, and that milestone in and of itself is an achievement. I mean, the fact that our movement has continued to grow and stay strong and, and stay resilient and sustainable, we're, we're going to go big this year with ICU Day. We're hoping to leverage that 75th anniversary to raise $750,000 for our Members Helping Members campaign by the day itself, Thursday, October 19th, which I know... I know, you know, $750,000 may seem like a big number, but I think if you cut that across the entire global credit union system between, you know, generous institutional donations by credit unions, by QSOs, and even, and of course, modest and very generous individual donations by 
members and by staff, by board members, by executives, it really should be a, a very achievable goal. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of putting the gauntlet down, raising the bar, if you will, to, to be able to challenge the global credit union system both here at home and obviously internationally to, to be able to continue to support key initiatives that keep our global credit union system strong. And it was really the idea came out of the wave of, of excitement and, and engagement that I felt from the World Credit Union Conference this in, in, in Vancouver this year. So we're hoping that we're hoping that people, as as we march closer to October 19th, people will flock to our website, doglobalgood.org, to either sign up for a fundraising team and encourage their peers to fundraise or make a generous donation themselves uh, to help the cause. We're going to link to that website here in the podcast show notes. So anyone who's interested, uh, doglobalgood.org. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, do, doglobalgood.org. Correct. Awesome. We're going to link to that. So as we look to the future... Mike, what else would you say is the focus for the road ahead from from your perspective at the Worldwide Foundation? Yeah, we want to continue to have kind of one eye in in how we continue to can engage the U.S. credit union system. I mean, a hundred percent transparency. I mean, we were born from CUNA International, CUNA's international arm, and, and when that became the World Council, we became the World Council's kind of charitable foundation. And the bulk of our support we get from the U.S. credit union system and its stakeholders. So we want to continue to keep our eye on the prize in terms of how we can be a bridge to help the U.S. credit union system continue to engage with with their global peers. And then I think, uh, and there's a variety of ways that we offer to be able to do that, making charitable contributions, creating a, we, we can help create a global bridges journey participating in the Global Women's Leadership Network, becoming a global DE through the ICU DE designation. There's just so many ways to engage globally, and we don't want to create a one-size-fits-all model. We invite perspective. We invite choice uh, for our donors and for our stakeholders in the U.S. And then conversely, internationally, we want to continue to lock arms with our foundation peers and partners across the global credit system to keep our eye on both existing and future crises that are going to pop up that we can lock arm in arm and create joint crisis response, relief and support campaigns, both fundraising campaigns as well as awareness campaigns to marshal support of credit union systems and member communities that are in crisis to be able to come together as a movement and lend a level of support, not just for the short term in the days and the weeks after a crisis, but for the long term. Because we know that when credit unions get damaged, they need a, a high level of support, not just money, but also volunteer expertise, in-kind donations to be able to get themselves up and running and their doors open again. And the quicker they can do that, the better they can serve members who are who are who are facing hardship at that at that household or that at that individual level. Well, thank you for sharing so much context around the work that the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions does. And I, I think it to me, and I'm sure to those who are listening today, it really reminds us all of the sense of urgency to be pouring into the work that you all do so that we can be supporting that global movement. Mike, as we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you better. I'll always say the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you're ready, I'll dive in. Absolutely. All right. Well, who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them so great? You know, someone who I respect, I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a credit union context, having only been in the movement for six years, someone that I've, I've continued to respect and always will respect, who just is truly authentic, who, who truly trusts the process and lives his cooperative values with purpose is Mr. Chad Helmanek. 
I just have a deep respect for Chad and everything that he's done with the DE program and at the National Caribbean Foundation and um, looking forward to continuing to collaborate with him in the future. I love that. Well, we've also had uh, Chad contribute some content to Seahawks in the past, so I'll link to his author page here. If you are going to splurge on something, <laughs> you want to treat yourself, what is something you might invest just a little bit in, whether it's time or some, some energy or resources? Yeah, I've always wanted to learn more about experience design, customer experience design. And there's a master's degree program that's an full online master's degree program offered by Michigan State University. It's the only online customer experience master's degree program offered in North America. And that would be something that I would love to be able to participate in for 20 months to be able to get that certification, to, to be able to weave that into the work that we do at the foundation to make our donor journeys and experiences so much more enriching and valuable for, for them. I love that. Well, that will be a very cool experience, I'm sure. All right, random question for you. If you travel for work, I know you do. What city are you most excited to visit, whether it's uh, visiting a credit union, going to a conference? When you see that city on the agenda, what, what city is it that you're super excited about? I have to admit, Lauren, I would have to go back to Vancouver. I was there for a week after the conference with my family. And we, while we did so much, there was so much left to, to, to explore and discover. And so I would definitely want to go back to Vancouver, even though it, the, the price tag of even visiting there is, is fairly significant. All right. I love it. It's such a, such a cool town. All right. What is a book that you think just everyone should read? So back to the whole concept of the, my interest in experience design, there's a book called The Experience Economy by Joe Pine that really talks about how successful businesses in both the nonprofit and for-profit sector have created memorable experiences around goods and services. And it really has elevated their ability to, of course, raise revenue, but also to deepen engagement with their customers or stakeholders. And I just think it's such a relevant book in our day and age of all these different experiencing <laughs> um, offerings that different companies and, and industries offer. We are going to link to that here as well. I love it. Mike, what has been your best hack for creating balance or integration between your work life and what I always call, especially in the show, your life life? Yeah, two things. We're turning off my electronics, like electronics at a specific set time. Usually I, I turn off my phone and my tablet at 8 p.m. every evening to spend time with my wife and my daughter, my twin daughters. And then I try, to, I try to get in a, a 5K run three times a week. We have the Military Ridge State Trail that runs by our, our house here in Mount Horror, Wisconsin. And it's just a great way to connect with nature and, and also get the heart racing a little bit each and you know, three times a week. I love it. That is a great strategy. I know exercise has helped quite a few of the guests on the show have some, some separation between their work and their personal life. Mike, we're going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. And my last question for you as we wrap up is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? Yeah, just two things. One is as we march towards International Credit Union Day, just a, just a casual reminder that whether, whether you know it or not, you are a member of a great global credit union community. And I think what our ask is, is if you have the ability to do so, lean in a little bit either on ICU day or leading up to ICU day or, or ideally throughout the year and provide a little bit of support, take a step back and think about how you're, how you're doing your part to help make the global credit union system stronger and more resilient. And I'd encourage you to think about the Worldwide Foundation as a vehicle to help you do that. I love it. Well, again, we are going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes here. Mike, thank you so much for, for coming back to the show here. It has been such a pleasure to get to connect with you again. 
Always a pleasure to collaborate and reconnect with you, Lauren. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you stay well. And thanks to all of our listeners today for tuning in to the CU Insight Network podcast. And we will be back again next time.